The word gospel translates to news that brings joy. But this isn't just any news. A gospel is news that changes a life forever. After being invaded and enslaved by Persia, Greece won two decisive battles at Marathon and Solnus. The Greeks sent out heralds, also called evangelists, to proclaim the good news to the cities. We have fought for you. We have won. And now, you're no longer slaves. You're free. The reality is that we are all slaves. Slaves to sin and slaves to death. We are slaves in need of good news. Enter Jesus, God's Son, fully God, fully man, bringing news that would change our lives forever. His news was this, I am the divine, come to you to do what you could not do for yourself. I will take what you deserve so you can have what I deserve. You have no idea how much it will cost me, but you also cannot imagine the depths of my love for you. It is a gift that I give freely, so repent. Repent from all the ways you've run from me and follow me. Follow me because I am the only way to eternal life. Follow me because I'm the Savior you've been looking for. Follow me because I have authority over everything, yet I have humbled myself for you. Follow me because I died on a cross for you. Because I'm your true love and your true life. This is my good news for you. This is my gospel that you have been saved by grace and that you are slaves no more. of you have ever um, how many of you have ever uh, stubbed your toe how many of you have ever actually tripped and fallen in the dark one thing that uh, Jesus Christ came to do was to bring us out of the darkness amen and the darkness represents not only darkness in a, in a physical sense, but a darkness and a blindness to spiritual things, such as the love of God and the grace of God, the sovereignty of God, the goodness of God, the holiness of God, the righteousness of God. See, we were in the dark, and we had fallen, and we couldn't get up. And Jesus, the Bible says, transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, The kingdom of his son. The kingdom of God. The Bible speaks about us having to walk in the light. As he is in the light, we'll have fellowship with one another and we'll have fellowship with God. I'm just going to read 1 John 1, 5-10. This is the message we heard from Jesus. Now declare to you, God is light. There is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins 
and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that His Word has no place in our hearts. What I love about uh, Life Group is that we share our grace story. We share our story in mind of where we, where we were and where we were going, right? As sinners, helpless and hopeless. And then we share what Jesus Christ has done in our hearts and in our lives. And then we share where God is taking us, His purposes and His passions and His destiny and the dreams He put into us and the vision of God He put into us and the fact that we are not only His children but we are His ambassadors, we are His ministers today. Pastor John and myself are not the only ministers in this room. Take a look around, people. You guys are ministers. Look at Fragili. Just t- take a look at him right now. Look at him. He is a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Many times he ministered to me at FedEx. Words of, let's say, encouragement. <laughs> okay? As we work together. Sharing our grace story. This is what we do at Life Group, guys. I need someone to tell me what God is doing in their lives so I can see it. I can say, you know what? It happened in your life. It can happen in my life. Right? If God can take Andy, save him and deliver him, and give him the light of the gospel... I need him to share that with me so I'm encouraged and I'm blessed. See what God is doing in each of us. Amen? And see, this is, the, this is the wonder of walking in the light. The Bible says we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And together, corporately, we fellowship with God. See, the Bible says that men love darkness rather than light because they knew their deeds were evil and they did not want the light to expose them. Isn't that something? I'll never forget this. I was down at my brother's house in the Bronx. He was right on the water in a little inlet right off the Throg's Neck Bridge down there. He created a dock, had a little boat, and it was getting a little dusk and um, getting a little dark. We wanted to go, just go out into the inlet a little bit and uh, do a little sailing and come back in, and we lifted up the boat. It was kind of, like I said, it was kind of dark. We couldn't really see. We lifted up the boat, flipped it over, and under the boat was the biggest rat. This is the Bronx, people. Okay? Rats are like the sizes of dogs. You know what I'm saying? Okay? And this is the thing. This is why we need each other. And this is why we need to walk in the light. When that rat, when the light was exposed to him, what do you think that rat did? No. Attacked. Isn't that something? He flew at us like he had a spring in him. I'll never forget it. Like this. Coming at us. And I was just like, but my brother had a piece of wood. And he was an awesome baseball player. And that rat came at him and he went, poof. thing went flying into the, into the water and was gone. And I probably fell down on my knees and I was like, 
Oh my God. It was unbelievable. Without Jesus, we are exactly like that rat. When the light comes on us, we run to the darkness or we attack the people that we love. We don't want the light to expose us. But here as believers this morning that desire change, we need to let the light in to get the old nature and the darkness out. Isn't that awesome? Now I tried this thing at home. I took a big glass like this and I put some root beer in it and I had a pitcher. I was going to do it this morning. It was a mess, okay? But I checked it out and it works. Big thing, root beer. I got a pitcher of water and just went... The water, as you well know, went into the cup and took out all the root beer. I picked it up and I was like, this is cool, it worked. This is exactly what the Holy Spirit does when we allow Him in. He takes all the darkness out, doesn't He? All the darkness. The darkness, uh, the darkness speaks of a lack of revelation of who God is. See, when we walk in the light, we have a clear revelation of the beauty of God, the splendor of God, the holiness of God. We're walking in the light as He is in the light and we see God for who He is without any obstacles. Isn't that awesome? Light also shows a path for us to walk in. Andy just showed me this flashlight, light thing that he got from Home Depot. And it is bright. You could blind somebody with that thing. It just lit up the whole half of the church right over there. It was sitting on the stage. And I was like, wow, that is awesome. Light. The Bible says, your word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. We walk in the light and he leads us and he guides us and he, uh, and he illuminates us. Mark and I were talking about going to the gym. Remember Mark? Yes. Mark has a gym where you have a steam room or a hot, a hot sauna. The sauna. How many have ever been in a sauna? Right? When you sit in a sauna, when I sat in the sauna the last time with my back, they say I have two herniated discs. Whatever. I sit in, my, I sit in the sauna and I went like this. And it was like, like a machine gun. It was just awesome in the back. It was nice, you know? And like hot lights. It was just light. It was lit up. It was hot. And it was nice. Light speaks of warmth, doesn't it? It speaks of safety. It speaks of protection. It speaks of security. Jesus said in him was life, and he was the light of men. When you allow yourself to be, to allow the light of God into your heart and into your life, he takes away the darkness not only takes away the darkness out of your life, but he gives you life. Which is just a weird thing, isn't it? Because Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly, or life overflowing. King James says, out of, you shall, out of your belly shall flow rivers of life. 
Can you picture that one? Right? Okay. Out of your belly. Fragile, here it comes. Shall flow rivers. What does that speak of? I don't know about you, but when I have something wrong with my belly, all systems shut down. I'm in a fetal position, and I'm on the couch, okay? And it's the same thing with, with us. If we don't allow the life of God into our inner being, into our, the fiber of who we are, to change us and mold us, and always yearn for the light, always confess our sins, always stay open to the, to the presence of God and His wooing and His drawing and His speaking to us, right? He brings us that life, and it is the light of men. And it's awesome. Hebrews 12, 10 and 11 speaks of God the Father and how He disciplines us. Parents, remember you were disciplined when you were, when you were little? Moms and dads and older folk, you were disciplined. Now we all know that in the, in the, in the time before this time, there was... Um, I don't think we had CPS back in those days. If we did, nobody knew about them. Uh, my father had a belt. My mother had a wooden spoon. She had anything else that she could get her hand on, right? And uh, we were disciplined. We were disciplined. A lot of that was out of anger. God disciplines us out of love. And what a difference. God spoke to me a few weeks ago with Zaki that... Um, we had a little altercation. I don't know if I told you. On a Saturday night, I had to go take a drive. And the Lord said to me, uh, I said, God, what, what am I doing? And he said to me, do I ever speak to you out of anger? No. Do I ever make you feel like you have to do something for me to love you more or be something to love you more? No. Okay. And give that off to Zaki, right? Love without anger. Love without expectation. Love without wanting people to reach a certain level where you can say, I, now my love is doing something, right? Right? Jesus' love was so powerful. He was able to love the unlovely without any kind of reciprocation back. He just loved Look at the woman at the well. I must needs go through Samaria. Why? Why, Jesus? You're God. The lady's an adulterer. She's a sinner. She's a fornicator. She's evil. And Jesus says, yeah, but you know what? I got to meet with her alone. Breaking every social ideology about a man and a woman being alone. He didn't care about his reputation, but he loved He was the light, and this woman needed life. Look at Zacchaeus, tax collector. This dude was evil. He not only taxed the people, but he taxed the tax collectors that were under him. Okay? He gleaned from the people, and then he took from the tax collectors. He was an ingenious, industrious dude. And he was very, very wealthy. And Jesus came to him in front of everybody that had an opinion of tax collectors that was evil. Jesus didn't care about his reputation. 
He was the light, and he wanted to give light, life. And he said, Zacchaeus, come on down, because today I'm going to have some supper with you, and I'm going to shed, shed some light on you. And Zacchaeus saw the light of the gospel through Jesus Christ. What did he do? He's going to pay back four times. See, this, was, this is what the light of God does. We see ourselves for who we really are, and we confess. Right? Confession is that we acknowledge or we admit when God sheds his light on us. We don't blame other people, do we? We don't blame our circumstance, do we? We don't blame our situation. We say, God, what you, what you say that I am, when I, as I stand in the light of your gospel, I am and I confess it now. And then we repent. Right? What does repentance mean? It means a change of heart and a change of mind. Change your mind about things that you've been thinking of. And change your your mind towards the things of God and how God views it. Turn. Right? Turn. And this this is what repentance is. I'm going this way to the darkness. God reveals His love and light to me. I stop and I say, wow. I'm heading in the wrong direction. There's darkness. There's blindness. There's pain, there's suffering, shame, guilt, and condemnation. i got to turn to the light. There's the light. I'm going to the light. Amen? I'm going to the light. I'm walking to the light. And I'm going to be free. And I'm going to be saved. God disciplines us. God the Father disciplines us. Jesus the Son, in Romans chapter 5. Let's turn over there, okay? Romans chapter 5. And verse 17 to 19. Anybody warm in here today? Warm? Okay. 17 to 19. Let's start with 16. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act... Of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. That was Adam. But because this one person, this God-man Jesus, obeyed God, many will be made righteous. See, the friends, we were born into darkness. We were born into sin. And it's not just the little labels of sin. Because we can get into labeling sin all the time, right? These are the really, really worst sins. And these are terrible up here, man. I don't do them. But you know what? I do these little sins over here, which makes me a little bit better than this dude way up here. Listen. No, no, no. You break one law. You are a sinner. Right? So line me up with a rapist. Line me up with a murderer. Line me up with an adulterer. You know why? I've broken the law of God. And I'm a sinner. Now, I'm saved by grace. Amen? Jesus came and said, you know that Dan Cudmore living in 2017? He's going to need my help. Because he's going to live in darkness without me. And I'm going to save him. I'm going to deliver him. 
I'm going to set him free. His one act 2,000 years ago when he said, it is finished. We put our faith and trust in his work. We become now good old Dan Cudmore. Good old Mark Lucarelli. Good old Andy. And everyone else that has accepted Christ, we now become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When he looks at us, he sees not our old sin. He doesn't see the darkness. He doesn't see the pain. He doesn't see the wounds or the scars or the past mistakes or the deficiencies. Don't you understand, people? He sees you now as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do you believe it? Peter says, God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. See, in the darkness, we needed something that we didn't have. You ever have something that you need and you don't have it? Check out my toolbox. It's a living frustration every time I got to fix something, okay? I never have the right tool. And I always resort to a hammer and it never, never works, okay? And it's a left-handed one, right. But listen, this is the picture, guys. We're trying to fix our lives with things that we don't have. With things that we can't use. And it's frustrating. It hurts. It's painful. And we get into this cycle of trying and striving and doing And all this nonsense that brings guilt, shame, and condemnation. And Jesus says, listen, I've got the tools and I've got the know-how. Think about where you came from. Think about what Christ has done. The number one promise that you need to believe right now is that the work of Jesus Christ on the cross is totally and completely adequate for your salvation right now. If we were here and a guy walks in with a machine gun and killed us all, where would you be right now? With Jesus. Why? Because you feel righteous today? You feel like you might have a chance? (laughs) Okay. You ever have, have those days? I, might, I, feel like I, I feel like I can do this Christian thing, right? It's all based on Jesus Christ. That's why feelings don't have anything to do with it right now. We don't, we don't praise God because we feel good. We praise God because He's God. Amen? He alone is worthy. He alone is our God. And we raise ourselves. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says that through Christ... He demolishes all the strongholds and arguments and speculations in our mind and heart that, that transcend the knowledge of God in our hearts and in our lives. If we want to walk in the light, you need to, to, to call up the demolition team of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit and demolish some strongholds in your life, right? That's keeping you from believing the promises of God are yes and amen for your life today. Demolish strongholds. What's blocking your faith? What's causing you doubt? What's bringing anxiety into your heart? What's taking your peace? And what's taking your joy today? Demolish those strongholds in Jesus' name. Let the light of God come in.
Let the bulldozer of the Holy Spirit come in and wipe that building of, of fear and anxiety right out. Man, it's good to take a sledgehammer and knock a wall down, doesn't it? Yeah. You ever watch those extreme makeovers? Yeah. They just take that thing and they're like, they can never get it out of the wall, you know? It's, it's cool. Demolish strongholds in Jesus' name. Allow the, the Spirit of God and the Word of God to demolish those things. And then we discipline ourselves by the power of God. The Bible says that he's put in everything that we need for life and godliness. He causes us to will and to do of his good pleasure. Isn't that awesome? It's not based on how you feel. It's not based on you working a thing in your heart and your life. Disciplines and, and, and spiritual endeavors. Come into church. Reading your Bible. Come into prayer night. Make, making the effort to come on out like Mark said. Lots of times we don't feel like coming to the body of Christ. You know what? Do something that your flesh doesn't like to do. And your spirit goes right on. Flesh. Got you. Sucker. Right? And we discipline ourselves. And you know what happens after we demolish and then after we discipline and after we allow the discipline of God in our hearts and lives? This is what discipline is. God doesn't spank us. God doesn't beat us. But he engineers circumstances and situations to push you to the cross where you die so that you can be raised up in new life. Amen? So the circumstances and... and Things that you are facing right now, God is disciplining you. He's pushing you. He's letting you focus on Him. And all this is converging in your life for for where you once and for all say, I can't make it on my own. I confess it now. Help me. You repent and you turn. All of a sudden, the light of God's life comes in your heart. Causes you to be regenerated. I think that was a movie in the 80s. The regenerator. He regenerates you. Right? And there's a, there's a transformation that happens in your life where you come alive to the things of God. Demolish. Let's demolish some stuff. Let's demolish some stuff by the power of God in our hearts and lives. Let's allow his discipline to mold us and to shape us. And we say yes. And then... Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we delight in the things of God. The kingdom of God is what, Sully? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy... Did you say ghost? Scary. No, yeah. The Holy Spirit. Look at this, thanks. Look at this wonderful cup I've got. Romans fifteen thirteen. This is so I can find my cup. All right? Romans fifteen thirteen. Let's go here. Oh, yeah. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you com- what is that word? Completely. Completely. With joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will what? We talked about the river of life flowing out of our belly, right? We overflow with confident hope 
through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us, guiding us, leading us, pushing us towards God. Trust Him today. Peace and joy. Amen? Amen. Peace and joy. I asked, uh, every Christmas, the kids ask me what I want for Christmas. I say love, joy, and peace. One Christmas, they asked me, and I said, love, joy, and peace, and $1,000. Okay? And then uh, Grandma asked my kids, our kids, what, um, what I wanted. And they told Grandma, Daddy wants love, joy, and peace, and $1,000. She didn't give me love, joy, and peace, but she gave me $1,000. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> And the next year, I asked for love, joy, and peace and $10,000. Amen? All I got was love, joy, and peace. Amen? And a coffee cup, right? Isn't that great? Guys, we share life together. When you weep, we all weep. When you take joy, we all take joy. We're the body of Christ together. And we're changing into his image from glory to glory. There are some hurting folk in our presence. We think of Michelle Archer. We continue to pray for Michelle. Amen? We continue to lift her up and encourage her and strengthen her. There's people that are sick. There's people that are, are, are bound up. There's people that are broken. There's people that are living in sin. There's, there, there's people that need the power of Jesus Christ, the light of the gospel, to bring change. And how do we change? We let God in and we get our old nature out. Amen? Amen? So listen. Holy Spirit, your life filled with darkness, your life filled with the things of the old nature, fear, anxiety, allow right now the power of the Holy Spirit to be poured into your life and see the darkness go in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. We walk in the light. Carry a big stick, because there might be some rats in there. <laughs> Amen? When you allow God into your heart and life, into the darkness, into the crevices of our heart, it's painful, because you want to hide. You want to stay in the darkness. That's what we're used to. And that's what I want, because I love my sin too much sometimes. And God comes with one of Andy's big old lamps, and he says, oh yeah? (laughs) There you are, naked before God. Amen? Naked before God. And you know what? It's cool. Take me as I am. Are you allowing him to take you as you are this morning, right? Give over the darkness. Give over the hurt. Give over the wounds. And we're going to sing a song. I'm going to ask Emily to come, okay? And uh, as we, it's a little bit later than normal, but you know what? I don't know. Jesus spent 33 years on the earth. We can spend 10 more minutes, can't we? In church, amen. All right. Think about three things. What God wants to demolish in your life. A wall 
where the light of the gospel is not shining in. Think about how God is disciplining you today. He's engineering circumstances and situations that you think are evil. But what the enemy wants for evil, God always takes for good. And he turns everything around for his purposes. All things work out together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose and that love him. And then, listen, find areas of God that you can delight more in him. Mark and Kathy came up here and said, our delight in each other is awesome, right? And that's how it is with God. We're in this love relationship and we can look at him and say, God, I love you for this. I love you for that. I take delight in this. Demolish discipline and delight this morning. Let's worship, worship the Lord as Emily is just going to lead a song, settle your hearts, coffee, hugs, rock and roll, apple pie, Chevrolet. Chevrolet. All right? Sully and Annie are going to make their way up. If you want prayer this morning, we all need prayer, don't we? If you want prayer this morning, come on up. Sully and Annie are going to pray for you. God is going to move and have his way in our hearts and in our lives. We're hungry. We're hungry for God. Amen.